from the WIA. This is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. The broadcast today is coming from the Canberra Region Amateur Radio Club. Your host today, I am Peter Ellis, VK1PE, and we also have Alan, VK1WX, on the other side of the desk from me. G'day, Alan. G'day, Peter. It seems like a long time since we last did this, at least this earlier in the year. It's not quite as cold as it was last year. Ah, uh, true. But uh, Canberra is that, uh, that kind of place at this time of the year. Look, on the news tonight... We have the Centenary Update. WIA receives well wishes from around the globe. The President of the Ipswich and District Radio Club. Uh, We're going to see what happens to hams across Australia. Some international news, new products, weird and wonderful, the special events and some social scene. And anything else we can drop in besides. And uh, I'm going to start off with the WIA Centenary Update. Wow, the WIA Centenary call sign is red hot. The special call sign VK100WIA from the Centenary of Organised Amateur Radio in Australia and the foundation of the WIA logged its first 1,000 contacts last Wednesday. Among them were some 25 DX different countries. Stations have also been worked in all VK states, the Northern Territory and North uh, and Norfolk Island. Hey, where's the ACT there? Oh, the call sign was launched by the WIA President Michael Owen, VK1KI. Next to operate was WIA Director uh, Bob Bristow, VK6POP, and then WIA Centenary Committee member Jim Linton, VK3PC. The WIA had invited Amateur Radio Victoria to operate the call sign on its behalf last Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. A roster of four of its members, Keith Proctor, VK3FT, Terry Murphy, VK3UP, and David McCauley, VK3EW, and Noel Ferguson, VK3FI, did their best to keep up the on-air demand for contacts. Then it was Amateur Radio New South Wales' turn on Thursday, Friday and yesterday, Saturday, with its members helping to push the contact tally even further. Another measure of worldwide interest in this special callsign is the well over 2,000 hits received for its listing on the qrz.com callsign database. VK100WIA will be active from Canberra during the WIA Centenary Convention. Check out wia.org.au for more details about the callsign roster and its online logging and the associated WIA Centenary Award. So, over to you, Alan. Remember, the registrations close for the weekend on Monday. That's tomorrow at 0900. If you haven't registered yet, two things will happen. You won't have a pass for the event and you'll probably not get fed because we have to let the caterers know by Monday afternoon the expected numbers. So jump on the WIA website and register now. WIA receives well wishes from around the globe. Members of the IARU Radio Society have written to the Wireless Institute of Australia extending their best wishes and congratulating it on its centenary. These are being received by the WIA President Michael Owen, VK3KI, and will be progressively posted onto the website. Here are a few of them. IARU Liaison Officer for the Finnish Amateur Radio League, SRAL, Duca, OH2BR, 
said the WIA is one of the world's most respected national amateur radio associations. It has developed into a modern organisation representing the radio amateurs of Australia. RSGB General Manager Peter Kirby, GOTWW, on behalf of the RSGB President, Board and Members, said the centenary is a wonderful achievement and we beat the Brits. He commented, We would have reached without the outstanding commitment of many thousands of volunteers who have worked tirelessly for the WIA over the past hundred years. The Irish Radio Transmitter Society President, Paul Martin, EI2CA, extended wishes to all on the occasion of the centenary celebrations and acknowledged the work of the Wireless Institute of Australia. He added the IRTS will be raising a glass to toast the WIA during its celebrations in Canberra. Would that be wine, do you think, or would that be whisky? Now, joining us with Centenary News is Mike, VK4QS, President of the Ipswich and District Radio Club, Brisbane. Today I'd like to let you know about the WIA Centenary Medallion, our club's juice to celebrate 100 years of the Wild Institute of Australia. This medallion is available from our club website, www.ipswichdistrictradioclub.webno.com. Now, for just $10 plus $5 postage around Australia, international, of course, would be a little extra, you too could have one of these fantastic commemorative medallions. If your club would like to produce something similar, then all the details are on our website front page. Thanks, Mike. VK4QS, President of the Ipswich and District Radio Club out of Brisbane. And hams across Australia. First to Macquarie Island, VK0. Now, Dennis, ZL4 Delta Bravo, is QRV as VK0 slash his home call sign for the next three months while on work assignment. He is active any spare time, <laughs> one can say, using SSB. And the QSL is via ZL4 Papa Whiskey, ZL4 PW. And that's for Dennis, ZL4 Delta Bravo on Macquarie Island. From VK1, the Canberra Region Amateur Radio Club members and amateurs in the ACT region uh, welcome fellow amateurs for the celebration of the 100 years of organised amateur activity in Australia. We'll be assisting with the activation of VK100 WIA, the special event call sign, over the WIA AGM three-day event and a demonstration of amateur radio commencing at 0800 on Sunday morning right opposite the entrance to Questacon in the Parliamentary Triangle. Come and see your national capital. VK2. If you're a Westlakes club member and want to learn what is happening at your club in the coming weeks, join the group each Saturday at 8am for the EZB net on 146.775 megs. And uh, those uh, joining in will have a roundtable discussion of what they've been doing during the last week and what is ahead for the next one. Early risers are reminded to tune on 3.588 megahertz each Saturday morning at 6am for the Stone the Crows Net with Ted VK2UI as the Master of Ceremonies. Henry Lundell VK2ZHE President of the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club reminds us that it's only three weeks to the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club Inc. 35th Annual Field Day at Port Macquarie 
That's on Saturday the 12th and Sunday the 13th of June 2010. Full details are available on the club's website for the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club. Over to you, Alan. VK4Q News. Gwen, VK4CB, is looking for details on the Exacom 70-340B RT85C Midland. Any information would be useful. Manual, CTCSS info would be even better. Contact Gwen on 07-3202-7137. VK7. The Hobart Vintage Machinery Society will be conducting a working display at the Sorrell Med Shed today, Sunday the 23rd of May, 9am till 2pm. Some of these old machines and also static displays of memorabilia, most all displays will be undercover in case of bad weather. The Men's Shed shop will open with lots of pre-loved items for sale. Well, that could be a nice place to go. VK7 SMS radio station will be on air. Call on 146 700 if you get lost. Reist June presentation. Dr Graham Denyer, VK7JN, who is currently working at the Australian Antarctic Division, will be presenting his experiences of operating amateur radio and telemedicine in the Antarctic. Starts at 8pm, usual location, Queen's Domain Club Rooms for the June meeting. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. Out here in the flatlands of the Hay Plains, it can be heard on 146.525 MHz with a 123Hz subtone on IRLP node 6462 at 12.30pm and 6.30pm Sundays. I'm Indy, VK2 X-Ray Bravo. And now on to international news with thanks to the RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide resources of the WIA. And first up, the final report on the Qinghai earthquake. The 7.1 Richter scale earthquake that struck in China's Qinghai province on the 14th of April killed more than 2,000 people and relief efforts are continuing for those left homeless. Amateur radio operators from within Qinghai and others who travelled from other areas to the disaster centre did a fine job. There, in poor weather conditions, they helped in the transport of medicines, tent, food and clothes to the disaster area. The amateur radio operators were even directly involved in disaster rescue activities. One Beijing amateur radio rescue team saved six people. The high altitude caused 90% of the amateur radio rescue team members to have a plateau reaction, that's altitude sickness, but no one was injured during their efforts to help others affected by the disaster. The Chinese Radio Sports Association reports that the experience and lessons learned from the Sichuan earthquake in 2008 resulted in amateur radio disaster relief evolving into a practical level. The amateur radio uh, people were connected to government disaster relief organisations, the Red Cross and volunteer rescue teams. All amateur radio teams brought relief supplies the Sichuan Amateur Radio uh, Rescue Team arrived very quickly and set up a 70-centimetre repeater to help provide communication and coordinate all amateur radio operators coming into the area. HF was also used during the disaster relief. 
Now all the amateur radio operators have returned to their daily life and they'll never forget their contributions in the disaster relief. And that report provided by Finban, BA1RB, and he's the CRSA coordinator, IARU Region 3 Disaster Communications Committee and Chairman Jim Linton, VK3PC. Now to uh, things in South Africa. Visitors to South Africa during the Soccer World Cup may operate amateur radio while in South Africa using the prefix ZS10 in front of their own call sign. For example, ZS10VK1ABC. So uh, the South African Radio League negotiated an agreement with the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa to allow all licensed radio amateurs visiting South Africa during June and July 2010 to operate while in South Africa on condition that they register with the South African Radio League prior to arrival in the country. Back over to you, Alan. Thank you. And I also heard on the news today that they're expecting 40,000 Australians to visit the Soccer World Cup. I wonder how many amateurs will be amongst them. Uh, Not this little black duck. (laughs) No, we can't afford it. (laughs) Media Watch. UK prepares for digital radio switchover. The United Kingdom's Digital Economy Bill will force all analogue radio off-air in the coming years. It has become law. The move came barely a week after the British Parliament's House of Lords report questioned the wisdom of moving all national and regional radio broadcasting to digital audio broadcasting. It echoed many criticisms voiced over the bill, which is likely to consign all FM and AM radio stations to landfill in five years, except for listening to ultra-local FM stations. But the digital radio switchover arguments are unlikely to cease for long. This is because the new law constructs a framework of conditions rather than fixing a date. It requires digital audio broadcasting coverage and a listening share to reach a certain level before FM switch-off can be initiated. This will in turn be followed by a delay before the transmitters actually turn off before the power bill's paid. Extension of amateur radio 40-metre band in Kenya. The Communications Commission of Kenya has just approved the use of ra- by radio amateurs in Kenya of the sub-band from 7100 kHz to 7200 kHz. Here's another one. Cell phone radiation improves the thought processes of mice. From the science page comes this interesting story regarding radiation from cellular telephones that claims it can improve your intelligence, but only if you're a mouse. According to Gary Arandash of the University of South Florida in Tampa and colleagues, research being conducted using mice prone to an animal form of Alzheimer's disease showed that long-term exposure to electromagnetic radiation typical of cell phones slowed and then reversed the course of the disease. Uh, Moreover, a similar exposure in normal mice for two hours a day over seven to nine months improved their cognitive abilities compared with control specimens. Aaron Dash and colleagues provided their data on a recent issue of the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease. They also say that the findings provide striking evidence for both protection and disease-reversing effects of long-term exposure to radiation at cell phone level. New products. Cuba unveils its first domestically produced transceiver. Cuba is getting into amateur radio transceivers, at least domestically. 
This is a prototype of a low-cost 1.8 megahertz transceiver presented at the 8th Congress of the Cuban Ham Radio Federation. The chair of the Cuban Ham Radio Federation is Pedro Charlie Oscar to Romeo Papa. He told the Cuban news agency that the first 600 units were ready for delivery to Cuban amateur radio operators. The radio's primary purpose is to help to support emergency communications in Cuba. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the border ranges of northern New South Wales and southern Queensland, it can be heard on the Border Ranges Amateur Radio Club's IRLP Echo Link repeater network on 147 375 or 147 275 at 8 a.m. Sunday Eastern Standard Time. I'm Paul, VK2PT. Weird and wonderful. Enigma cracked again. No, we don't mean it's been broken. An Enigma message sent over 65 years ago and thought to have been unbroken to this day has been cracked by a group of volunteer computer enthusiasts. The 2,700-strong group, enigmaathome.net, has been using nearly 4,500 individual computers in a massive international effort to decode the surviving unbroken message. The interface uses the standard BOINC, that's B-O-I-N-C, distributed computing client software, similar to how SETI does its job, and anyone can take part in the project. To carry out the work of the project so far, a single computer would have have to have been left running for over 4,000 years. And such is the complexity of the Enigma system, a true testament to its original design. However, there is no truth to the rumour that the decoded message from the Mid-Atlantic in 1943 read, In the year 2010, all WI directors will deliver their reports live on air in the new modes of FM, SSB, to their members from the Canberra AGM when the WIA is 100 years of age. And yes, it's happening this uh, coming weekend away, and you can be part of the uh, the hundredth anniversary. It's still not too late to get yourself here to Canberra for the uh, the weekend of the WIA AGM. And uh, now we go to the operational news and special events. And uh, on the twelfth of June, the WIA uh, VK Trans Tasman one sixty meter phone. On the twelfth and thirteenth, coming from the WIA also. Worked all VK shires. Imagine. On June the 19th and 20th, also from the WIA, winter VHF UHF field day. Special event stations and repeater things. Larry W6NWS will be in Vietnam until the 9th of June. He expects to be active as X ray Victor 2 Whiskey when time permits, mainly around the CQ WPXCW and CNET contests. QSL via home call, direct or via the Bureau and Logbook of the World. And that's about Larry, W6NWS, coming on in Vietnam as X-Ray Victor 2 Whiskey. Westlake's Radio Club says that the popular internet site DX Summit is rolling out a newly personalised website, calling it My DX Summit giving amateur radio operators of all interests the chance to improve DX alerts 
and the way their spots are delivered to users around the world. And some of the future changes could be targeted to contesters. On the air, keep an ear open for special event station 3 Hotel 100 Tango Whiskey. 3 Tango 100 Tango Whiskey and 3 Tango Zero Tango Whiskey. All are operational from the capital city of Taipei, Taiwan, through December 31st. And QSLs for all three stations should be sent via the BV Bureau. And those station calls again, 3 Hotel 100 Tango Whiskey, 3 Tango 100 Tango Whiskey, and 3 Tango Zero Tango Whiskey. Over to you, Alan. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital. The Australian coordinator for TCPIP domains is Indy, VK2 X-Ray Bravo at wia.org.au. VK3 State D-Star Workshop Day. June the 19th, the Macedon Rangers Amateur Radio Club is hosting a State D-Star Workshop, a full day of training for new users advanced users and system administrators. A great opportunity for networking and fun. The event will be fully catered by MRARC. The cost is $30 per participant, including lunch. Participants are encouraged to bring their D-Star equipment. It's probably the first time they've used it. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Vietnamese CubeSat under development. News of the Vietnamese amateur radio, 2U CubeSat, is under development. They hope to complete an F1 satellite by the end of 2010 and launch it to a sun-synchronous 98-degree inclination. At the moment, they are negotiating with several launch providers to provide a way into orbit, but the high launch cost is really an issue. Project goals for the F1 satellite include students to learn about aerospace engineering, survive in a space environment for at least a year. The satellite will use amateur VHF and UHF frequencies. The IARU has coordinated a downlink frequency of 437.485 MHz to support a 1200-board AX25 telemetry link. The F-1 satellite will also transmit a beacon using modulated Morse code audio signal on an FM carrier. When it is not in range of the Earth station in Hanoi, in the case of emergencies, DTMF tones can be used to control the satellite to some extent. And about radio scouting, GI4FUM fund the expedition to Mozambique. David Hutchinson, GI4FUM, who is also known as 3 Delta Alpha Zero Delta Juliet, is sponsoring a de-expedition to Belen in Mozambique this coming October. He says that plans are to run a station for Jamboree on the Air with local scouts on the weekend of October 16th and 17th and that they will also enter a station for CQWW SSB over the weekend of the 30th and 31st of October. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Rescue Radio Emergency Communications in Brunei The May 10th issue of the Brunei Times newspaper reported on the vital role of radio amateurs in emergency communications. The newspaper says 
Amber radio operators in the country could provide assistance in times of disaster by providing communication support and situational updates. The National Society is the Brunei Dar es Salaam Amateur Radio Association and they have always worked closely with the National Disaster Management Centre. During the 2009 flood disasters, radio amateurs were instrumental in helping the government. Now, to Rewind and Jim Linton. Rewind, a look back at our history through the serialised written history by WIA Centenary Committee member Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV, with assistance of others, that is being published in the WIA journal Amateur Radio Magazine. A wireless exhibition organised in May 1924 by the Victorian Division of the WIA in the Melbourne Town Hall, not only was a wonderful showcase of wireless, it also resulted in even closer ties with the various state branches of the Institute. The exhibition's souvenir program said, It will come as a surprise to many people to learn that the Wireless Institute of Australia is a very old established organisation and was formed in 1910. The program went on to state for nearly a decade before the start of the WIA there had been individual members of the community carrying out valuable experiments and assisting to disclose the fundamental principles of one of the most wonderful and useful sciences which have been offered to mankind. The exhibition included a convention convened by the Victorian Division of the WIA that resulted in the establishment of a representative body of the entire Commonwealth of Australia. New South Wales and Tasmania sent representatives, while Queensland, South Australia and Western Australia relied on proxies supplied by Victoria. The formation of a federal executive of the WAA was instantly welcomed as facilitating Australia-wide representation which had been long desired by the Postmaster General. Social Scene 2010 June 12th to the 13th in VK2, the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club's 35th Annual Field Day, over two days. July 17, VK3, the GGREC Hamfest, start time, 10 o'clock. At the end of the month, we celebrate the 100th anniversary of organised amateur radio activity in Australia. We should take a moment to remember one of the original radio amateurs, Marconi. Marconi established the world's first equipped and functioning wireless telegraphy station in November 1897 on the Isle of Wight. In the summer of 1900, a station was established at Poldhu, Cornwall, from where Marconi hoped to achieve communications across the Atlantic. In the summer of 1901, the spark generated by the transmitter produced a thunderclap which echoed round the hills and coves. The spark generated was a foot long and was thick as a man's wrist. The sending of Morse code using their equipment was definitely not a speed event. The keen contact was at the far end of a six-foot length of timber. An operator stuffed cotton wool in their ears to reduce the effects of thunderclaps generated by the spark. Can you imagine using such equipment and the effects on the neighbours today? But it was the beginning of radio, a hobby which we enjoy today. 
Remember that registrations close on Monday, that's tomorrow, at 0900 for the WIA Anniversary Weekend and AGM. If you are not registered, two things will happen. You won't have a pass for the event and the caterers will have trouble feeding you as they have to have the numbers on Monday afternoon. Jump on the WIA website and register now. On behalf of the Canberra Region Amateur Radio Club and the WIA, this has been Peter, VK1PE, technical producer, and Alan, VK1WX. Yes, Alan, it's going to be interesting to see Graham, VK4BB, live uh, from uh, the, uh, the steps of Parliament House, well, a little down the way, doing the broadcast live next Sunday, and it'll be coming to you over the airwaves. G'day from the Australian Capital Territory. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.